Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. Coming up on today's show, it is our Carolina Panthers divisional preview, one of the Buccaneers' foes, and Manlin, did we pick a good day to record this one? But we will get into the breaking news as we record this on Wednesday evening in just a minute. Before that, going to give you your quick social reminders. You can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter, at Bucks underscore Nation. You can check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis. All of the late breaking Bucks news, stories leading up to training camp, all there on BucksNation.com. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it be Spotify, whether it be iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Click that plus button on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Let us know what you think we're doing well, what you'd like to hear more of on the show. And you can follow me on Twitter. I am Trey Downey, at TD Experience. And you can follow my co-host on Twitter, at Elmar810. He is the one, the only, the number one guy in my heart, Lynn Martez. I give you that number... That's how I'm feeling today. Actually, you know what? You, you being a resident of suburbs of Charlotte, you may want to check on David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, because he might need a little loan because his quarterbacks currently are costing him $37 million. Lynn did not put his pinky up to the corner of his I mouth like Doctor like Evil. Doctor Evil, but I'm doing it for him right now, mm-hmm. even though you're you're listening to this, not watching it. But uh, that's where that's where we're gonna go. The today is our Carolina Panthers preview, and it breaks on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I'm not sure exactly who broke the story. Ian Rappaport was the first tweet that I saw out there on Twitter that the Carolina Panthers have officially traded for former number one draft pick. Baker Mayfield from the Cleveland Browns, and all it took to get him was a conditional fifth-round draft pick. Obviously, there are uh, contract implications. Baker cut his base contract by $3.5 million. The Browns are paying basically half of it. The Panthers are paying half of it. We'll get into what this means for Carolina and their chances and what they can present to the Bucks in terms of a challenge this season in a little bit. But Len, I first want to get your reaction to the trade and the fact that a number one overall draft pick just a few years ago, a guy who led his team to a playoff victory and pushed the Kansas City Chiefs to the limit in 2020, just got traded for a conditional fifth round draft pick. Yeah, I jokingly made uh, I jokingly made the statement in regards to David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, having to pay $37 million for his quarterbacks in 2022. But that's not the case because as you mentioned, you know, the Browns are gonna offset dumping Baker Mayfield onto the Carolina Panthers. Here's the thing, as far as I'm concerned. And we can talk about some of the success that Baker Mayfield has had or had in Cleveland, and he certainly had that. I mean, in 2020, when he led them in the playoffs and lost to the, the Chiefs in the divisional round, the team that went to the Super Bowl, I mean, he had a year where he threw for over 3,500 yards, he had 26 TDs, and eight 
interceptions, eight in 16 games. And in that season, they went 11 and five. And at that time, there wasn't any wide receiver on that team that was complaining about Baker Mayfield's play. Mm -hmm. That changed in 2021. The thing that I seen, whether it be 2020 when he had a success or even last year when he was playing with the shoulder injury to his non-throwing arm, he's late on his throws, dude. He is late on his throws. And although, you know, the ratio to touchdowns, 92 to 56 in his four seasons, you can't win in the NFL with a quarterback who's late on his throws. I will say it over and over again when it comes to quarterbacks that I watch. And listen, I'm not here to tell you I'm, you know, the guru of quarterbacks. I'm not going to do that. I, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this to just specify for the listeners. I want to, I want to, for the late on his throws, do you mean late as far as when the receivers are breaking into the routes? Is he holding on to the ball too long? What do you, what exactly do you mean by late on his throws? I mean, late in the, on his throws from the standpoint of he's, he's decided where he's going to throw the football. And it's too late. Okay. Receiver breaks. You got to choose where you're going to go. And because of that, that's college, dude. You can get away with that stuff in college. All right. The other guy I was going to mention that is late on his throws that jumps out at me every Sunday I watch him. It's a kid in Philadelphia. Same thing. Hurts does the same yeah. thing. And I watch it more with Hurts than I have with Baker, but. I mean, that's fine, but maybe because you watch more games, the Eagles. Yeah. Play. I mean, and that's the thing. Is it a coaching thing? They both come through Lincoln Riley? No, no. I mean, you can't blame it on the offense. It is what it is. Instinctively, you've got to get rid of the football. You got to decide where you're gonna go. You know, get your reads. Boom, 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 boom. That's not to say those guys are the only quarterbacks that do it, because. The young guys do it. They, they eventually make that transition. But you're not going to play in this league. And four years in, again, he's thrown 56 interceptions. That averages out for 14 a year. And that's not a lot. Heck, we had a guy here through 30 mm-hmm. in 2019. You know, one season. <laughs> By the way, ironically, that guy... <laughs> it's the last man standing from Breeze to Cam and to Matt Ryan in the NFC. If I would have told you in 2019, after and on a different team at that, after Jameis Winston threw 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, and I tweeted this out by the way earlier today because it just jumped out at me. But if I'd have told you in 2019. After his 2019 season, where he went 33 and 30, the 30 30 club, if I would have told you, hey, three years down the road, he's going to outlast Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and Cam Newton, you would have said, Lenny, stop doing what you're doing, whatever it is. Don't eat it anymore. Don't smoke it anymore. Don't drink it anymore. You'd have thought I was crazy. Mind you, He's the last man standing from those four quarterbacks. And when that season started, he was probably the last guy you would have taken. But as it is, again, this is about the Panthers. 
And the thing about the Panthers is this is the same thing. 2023, Trey, we may be looking at the fact that every team in NFC South may have a new quarterback playing for them in 2023. Ultimately, considering that they only give up a conditional fifth and get Cleveland to take as much of the salary as they did, and Baker takes a pay cut as well, good deal for Carolina? Yeah, I mean, it's a matter of what you're paying him. Sure, if you're not stuck with the $18 million contract, absolutely. (laughs) But you know what? It's a good deal (laughs) because you don't have Sam Donald. (laughs) playing quarterback for you who's making 18 million dollars too how much of an upgrade like can you put like a percentage number on it i'll put it this way okay if you look at the top 40 quarterbacks in the nfl right sam's in the, the the lower the lower part of that in the standpoint of he's 30 or lower i don't care who you are you got plenty of the, the, the talking heads who rate quarterbacks. They don't have him any higher than 28th. They just don't. So from 28 on down, Sam falls in there. Baker's higher than that. Baker's probably in the high, high teens, lower 20s on everyone's list when it comes to quarterbacks in the NFL. How much more confident are you right now this afternoon than you were last night in the Carolina Panthers chances to make a playoff run because I'll say this I was gonna I was prepared to come on here and say with just doing research on the Panthers and their offseason and the situation I was going to say that if the before the trade happened I was going to say if the Panthers were to make the Baker Mayfield trade that I would feel confident in saying that they are the biggest challengers to the Bucks in the NFC South, even more so than the Saints, because I ju- I really like what they've done this offseason. So I truly, I truly believe that. Now the coaching situation is what it is, and we'll get into that. But right Wait, now, you would have made that statement prior to the trade. I would have said if they made the trade, because the trade was still rumored. Now that they have made the trade, I can say it. I think the Panthers are the biggest challengers to the Bucs in terms of the NFC South. Now, do I think that they are realistically going to challenge the Bucs for the divisional title? No, but I might be crazy enough to throw a wild card prediction on Carolina like I did last year. Yeah, how'd that work out? Not very well. Okay, all right, just making sure, make sure we're clear on that five and 12 last year, by the way. Here's After thing. starting three and oh. Yeah, they went two and 12 in their last 14. Here's the thing, their win total, before the trade was five and a half for the 2022. And that's based off of the fact that they averaged less than six wins the last four years. Mind you, you say to yourself, well, think about who played quarterback for them the last four years. Whether it be, I don't know, PJ Parker or, or Allen. PJ Walker. PJ Walker, is <laughs> it Parker? PJ, <laughs> Peter Parker. P.J. Walker. They, probably they would better, love to have Spider-Man. They probably would be better off. He probably would have to be Spider-Man behind that offensive line before they made the, the trades and the signs they had in the soft season. But anyway, think in terms of the quarterbacks they had in the last four years. Broken down Cam. P.J. Walker. The Allen guy who flamed out in, in, in Washington. 
Kyle Allen, yep. And last year you had Sam Donald, right? You would think that Baker's just got to show up and be an upgrade for, from those guys, right? Even if I say he's in, if I rate the top 30 quarterbacks, 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, even if I say he, he breaks my, my top 20, he's still an upgrade over those other guys. Now, I say 5.5 win total. It might be six, five, seven. They're not winning more than eight games, dude. They're not winning more than eight games. Not to mention the fact that you can talk about them potentially being better than the Saints, but from week three to week seven, <laughs> Saints, Cardinals, Niners, Bucks. Tough stretch. That might be the stretch that defines their season. Oh, that's going to be the stretch that says, Oh, <laughs> just imagine they, they start three and oh again and then lose four straight. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, Baker wants nothing more to be one and oh. Oh, man, that that that's that instantly becomes one of the most intriguing games of week one now. I wouldn't go crazy because I mean, it, I mean, it's 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 intriguing from the standpoint of you know, it matters to it matters to. That matters to Cleveland and it matters to Baker, but it's not. I mean, it's a it's a cute storyline, but it's week one, dude. There's a lot of storylines. I mean, that might be the most intriguing one o'clock game of week one because you know they put all the the super interesting ones in prime time. You do realize that it'll be Baker Mayfield playing for the Panthers and Jacoby Brissett playing for the Browns. Yeah. Okay, so let's not let's not. If it was Deshaun, let me get me started. If it was him. Then I'd say it was a it'd be a bigger deal, obviously, because he'd be playing and you'd be watching one of the more talented quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I say that, and trust me, when I say that, and if you listen to this podcast, I say that <laughs> with my tongue on my cheek, gnawing yeah. on it because of how I feel about Deshaun Watson off the field. So now let's talk about what I mentioned and the coaching situation, because to me, that's my biggest worry in talking about this team and then trading for Baker, because last year, as you mentioned, Baker played injured and for the majority of the season. And the last time we saw him at full strength, he played very well. It was his best season as a pro that year in Cleveland. That's why many people, including myself, picked Cleveland to win that division last year and pick them probably behind Kansas city and Buffalo as maybe the third best team in the AFC going into the season last year, that Cleveland might be the biggest challenger to those two teams. Now last season was what it was, uh, you know, played injured, did not get a ton of uh, support, not only from his receivers, but the rest of the locker room when the turmoil was going around, you didn't really hear any of his, any of his teammates, really sticking up for him. So I'll admit that worries me if I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. And then you come into a situation where it might be a lame duck coach. And you're looking at the Panthers and a lot of people expected them to maybe fire Matt Rule after last season. He uh, supposedly told his team that he could have taken the USC job or some of the other college coaching jobs, but he was choosing to stay with them because he is 
just a good guy and he's gonna ride things out to to the end. I haven't looked at the Vegas odds, but I would be willing to uh, guess that if there are already odds up on the first coach to get let go during the season, Matt Rule is probably at the top of that list. So to me, Baker coming into a sketchy coaching situation at best is is my biggest worry in that. So I'll pose it to you, Lynn. Does does Matt Rule make it through the season? Because I think if they go on a stretch where they lose four straight, I could see uh, I could see him heading back to uh, to college or whatever he's going to do after he's no longer an NFL head coach. Yeah, don't pat yourself on the back for sticking with with the job that paid you seven years, sixty two million dollars. That's number one. And, and you might say one might say, well, he could have gotten a lot of money from USC or Texas or wherever he supposedly said he could have taken a job that's fine but i don't know that he'd be getting 62 million dollars that's number one number two is you can talk about having a lame duck coach and you can talk about the fact that there was turmoil in the browns locker room in 2021 whether it be from odell beckham jarvis landry throughout that locker room i just mentioned those guys because those are the ones we clearly know about. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? We clearly know about <laughs> an issue that one of his newest teammates has with the trade, and that's Robbie Anderson. He no. posted on Twitter that to stop creating that narrative, he has no issue with Okay. Him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You can you can tweet, you can tweet and delete after all you want. It's already out there. Okay. In the in the words. <laughs> Of Herm Edwards. And I'm not talking about you play to win the game. I'm talking about (laughs) don't press in. Don't press in. Okay. When they press in, it's over. It's done with. It's out there already. So when the trade was discussed earlier, originally, Robbie Anderson, big, big letters. Okay. One of them was an N. Followed by a bunch of O's. Say it out loud. No. (laughs) So the turmoil hasn't ended in Cleveland. I don't know if they'll smooth things over once he gets to Bank of America Stadium in Carolina. But I do know this much. There has to be Robbie Anderson's going to be in that locker room. And, And listen whether it be former wide receivers, current wide receivers, it's almost like a fraternity. I mean, you talk, a lot of guys have the same agents. A lot of guys have the same workout programs. They work out together, whatever it is. Robbie Anderson didn't just throw that out there because he's sitting back in Carolina, you know, sniffing out what's going on in Cleveland. He's hearing about it from guys who know. Who know guys who 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 play the same position he plays? Now I'm not saying I'm not here to tell you that it was Jarvis Landry. Word word from his mouth to Robbie Anderson's ears. I'm not saying Odell said something to him, but it, it just may have been those guys told one person, told another person, and it finally got to Robbie Anderson, who said no. When this trade was originally discussed, 
I mean, at the same time, let's take some of the things Robbie Anderson says on social media with a grain of salt. He also that's te- fine. He also teased retirement on social media that's early fine. this year and had a really weird explanation for it in the that's fine in a presser. That's fine. But again, he's inside that locker room. Okay, he's the guy that's 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 been on that football team as bad as it's been the last four years. And has been, you know, the deep threat other than DJ Moore. And this team has has some has some good weapons on this on this football team. I'll get into the weapons in a second because if they can stay healthy, Baker Mayfield is going to have a plethora of guys to get the football to. Anderson, DJ Moore, the running backs that they have on this football team. But let's talk about the offseason moves that they made. And I love some of the personnel moves they specifically made on the offensive line weakest part of this football team they go out they get austin corbett from the rams they get bradley bozeman they use their uh top 10 pick on an offensive lineman as well completely address the offensive line that's what they needed to do but when matt rule was hired his offensive coordinator hire was joe brady from lsu who was great there with baker mayfield he was the passing game coordinator at lsu turned LSU, their offense, into something we had not seen at LSU LSU ever. Yes, with Joe Burrow winning uh, a national championship there, all of that. I thought it was a great hire. I thought Joe Brady was going to be a smashing success in the NFL. He doesn't even make it through the entire season last year. And then you think, okay, they're going to bring in another, you know, young, developing, progressive, offensive mind. Who is the new Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator? Ben McAdoo. Yeah, don't love that one. I, d- I do not love that one as far as the offense offensive side of the ball goes. But like I said, I love some of the moves they made on the offensive line. They have Chuba Hubbard and Christian McCaffrey, hopefully a healthy Christian McCaffrey. They signed Deontay Foreman as well to sure up that, that running back room. So more got an extension so it's an interesting it's an interesting offense and there are a lot of weapons to play with for baker mayfield i just don't know how innovative and groundbreaking and aggressive of an offense that we're going to see uh and creative with a lot of these players that you can use in a different way than you would typically think at their position that we're going to get with Ben McAdoo as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, you can question the hire in regards to the OC, but honestly, if you want to talk offense, he's not their biggest issue. He's just not. The biggest issue is the guy who's, <laughs> you know, played 10 games the last two seasons. That's the biggest issue. And I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey, who I like a lot. But the issue is, is that 2019, the dude had 403 touches, all right? And since then, two seasons after that, played 10 games, can't stay healthy. And that 2019 season, I mean, I'll tell you, he had over 1,300 yards rushing, he had over 1,000 yards receiving, he had 116 catches. That made... As impressive as it was, and as big as those numbers are, that may have been his downfall. Because now, that's taken, I mean, you can question if that's the reason why. 
but it's pretty apparent, man, that those 403 touches took a toll on him. And it's made this team, it's hamstrung the offense because as good as DJ Moore has been, and I mean, you're talking about a guy who like gets over 200 yards from scrimmage the last three, three, four years. And he's probably the only wide receiver that has done that from scrimmage. As good as DJ Moore is, and potentially could be their number one weapon. He's not touching the balls as much as you would have had McCaffrey touch the football. He's just not. And you can talk about Hubbard. You can talk about uh, Freeman. But McCaffrey's their, he's their, he's their bell cow. He's their guy. He's their They're guy. not going to be a playoff contender without a healthy McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's clear. And, as good as the offensive line potentially could be, because now that they have two bookend tackles, you know, they drafted, you mentioned, Iguanu, sixth pick overall. Mm-hmm. They showed up center spot, guard spot. So, I mean, right there, they're addressing the offensive line. So you can't tell me if this dude gets hurt, if McCaffrey gets hurt in 2022, you can't tell me, oh, well, you know, he's getting banged up. Same thing, same thing with Mayfield. If Mayfield enters, enters the season healthy, I mean, they short up the offensive line. If that guy can't stay healthy, when are you going to stay healthy? And that again, that question goes to both those guys. Mm-hmm. When are you going to stay healthy? Because I can't do, as, as, a, as a general manager, I can't do more to protect you than to address the offensive line the way they addressed it. Just can't. I mean, if those guys don't play well, that's one thing. But if those guys play well and those guys, that offensive line plays well and those guys get hurt, it's not on the offensive line, dude. It's on these guys, McCaffrey and Mayfield, who can't stay healthy. Well, and there's a reason why McCaffrey's the talent that he is, but there's a reason why he's been, for the past year or so, he's been pretty consistently rumored as a guy who could be traded. And he was rumored as he could possibly be part of the Deshaun Watson deal when they were talking about trying to bring Deshaun Watson to Carolina. It wasn't ju- And it wasn't just that deal. It was rumored that the Carolina Panthers could be shopping McCaffrey. And if the guy is a top 10 offensive talent, offensive skill player in the NFL, you just don't get rid of those guys. And the reason that he's... that it's even a topic of discussion is because of his injury concerns. Well, yeah, but here's a, here's a problem with trading a guy like that. When he plays, you're an above 500 team. Yeah. That's the problem. When he plays, your team is above 500. The issue is he didn't play. I mean, even last year, he, we can talk about receivers. We can talk about the offensive line for the Panthers last year. You mentioned that 3-0 start. I could argue that the nosedive going 2-12 in the last 14 was started by the fact that McCaffrey got hurt. Here's Donald, Sam Donald, right? First three games. Dude, you know who's leading the NFL and rushing touchdowns after the first three games. Sam Donald. Five. Sam Donald. And everybody was like giving him 
blowing kisses to him. Say the Jets, you got you got it wrong, trade him away. Because you want to know why? Because the defenses had to key on, you know who, McCaffrey. And as soon as he gets hurt, that takes it away. That's why this team is an above 500 football team. Because defenses are going to focus on a guy that in 2019 had over 400 touches, that had over 1,000 yards receiving and rushing. That's why. So, I mean, we can sit here and we can talk about all the additions they made. But if C-Mac doesn't stay healthy, it's a done deal. And you know who can talk about taking whatever college job opens up all he wants. Don't worry. He'll be getting one of those jobs if McCaffrey doesn't stay healthy. Maybe he can go back to Temple or something. No, but, he ain't getting a uh, Temple job. He's going to get a, he's gonna get a, a serious Power 5 job. Depends on how badly things end here in in Carolina. Really? I don't think he gets I don't think he he's not getting a blue blood job if things end if things end really badly. Like he could get a second tier, like a Texas Tech type power five job, but I don't think he's getting a blue blood if if things end really badly. I think it could severely hurt his stock. That's okay. just my opinion. But let's talk about let's talk about the defensive side of the ball because you can say what you want about Carolina and how good of a football team is. You look at what they have in the secondary and how they addressed that uh, last season with the trades that they made. J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson on the outside, and C.J. Henderson being you know rotated in there as well. It's hard to find a better set of corners in the NFL, and then. You go in the offseason and you bring over Xavier Woods from Minnesota, the safety, not the WWE wrestler. Not uh, necessary. Nobody, no, nobody made that. Nobody made that connection, dude. If you Google Xavier Woods, if you Google Xavier Woods, one's going to show up first. I'll just o- say that. Only, but- only you, nerd <laughs> County, had the nerve to, to to put Xavier Woods and and wrestling into this conversation. Which, by the way. It's not his real name. Austin Creed. But, uh, yes, you can call me a nerd for that one. But, uh, I mean, they have Brian Burns on the, defense, on the defensive line. They bring in, they bring over Matt Ioannidis. That's one of the other big offensive uh, or defensive signings they made this offseason. If they can, and they have Shaq Thompson as well, very talented linebacker. If they can get to the quarterback a little bit more, that secondary is something that could that could hold up, and this defense could be pretty stout this year. That the the unit they have in the secondary is is one of the better ones in the NFL. It may be, um, but here's the thing: and um, you mentioned Thompson, he's, he's one of the leaders on, on defense as far as tackles concerned. But what you failed to mention is they lost their leader in sacks last year and Hassan Riddick yep. who had 11 sacks last year. And as, as good as Burns is, you got to have dual threats to get to the quarterback, at least two guys, because if not, guess who's going to get all the attention? Brian Burns. So now they have to replace, they have to place Riddick with a guy that's going to get to the quarterback. That's, that's going to offset the attention that Burns gets. It's just how it works. Because if not, again, 
whether it be chip, tight end, whatever it is, Burroughs is going to get that double team now. And those nine sacks, he may not say it, or he may. But you got to give credit to the other guy on the other side who's taking away some of that pressure on you. That's how it is. I mean, you look at the more successful teams that get to quarterbacks, and, and that's how they're able to do it because they have multiple guys who can get to the quarterback. All right, so we've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. Don't need to get a ton into special teams, even though they've had horrible kicker issues over over the past couple of years. But they do bring over Johnny Hecker from the uh, Super Bowl winning uh, Los Angeles Rams to be their new punter. But Len, I'll, I'll leave this last question to you. What's the what's the ceiling for this win for this team in terms of wins with a healthy Christian McCaffrey and what's the floor? Could this team be drafting close to the top five again uh, if the wheels kind of fall off in terms of coaching and McCaffrey again? I think I addressed the wins already, even if McCaffrey stays healthy. Eight or nine, tops. No more nine than could that. Get, nine could get you in with, oh. with the third wild card. That's fine. That's fine. Does I mean, that save rules job if, if, they, if they get a wild card? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because he would have overachieved. He would have overachieved because – Honestly, again, the win total, expected win total is going to be six and a half, seven, even after the trade. So if he wins nine games and gets into the playoffs and you say, that'll get you the wild card. Did you remember watching wild card weekend? As good as, as good as, as, as much as I love football. I mean, some of those games kind of like. Uh, was, I'm with it was, you. It was kind of like, they uh, uh, should be playing this weekend. But again, they win nine games to make the playoffs. I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at what's his name being brought back. Um, Matt Rule being brought back and potentially Baker Mayfield having a home in regards to finding a new place to play, leading another team to the playoffs. They're able to do that. That's fine. In regards to the floor for this team, I said it to the last week when we talked about the Atlanta Falcons, I'll say it again. The worst team in the NFC South is Atlanta. No matter if any other team reaches their floor, the worst quarterback situation in the division, if not in the NFL, is in Atlanta. And it's definitely not in Carolina, even if Sam Donald was the one taking snaps. Not that he's not. Definitely not the worst situation, but their floor is probably six wins, probably their win total, six and a half, six, seven wins. That's it. I mean, it, to me, it's not, there's not much disparity in between <laughs> their ceiling and their floor. The most important thing for me from the defensive side is find another guy who gets to the quarterback. And on the offensive side, that dude, Christian McCaffrey, staying healthy. Because when he does, he offsets the pressure you put on quarterback and he gives you that instant valve to get the ball out to. It's definitely going to be an interesting season for the Carolina Panthers. They're one of my most intriguing teams because I think that there is actually a fairly big gap between what their ceiling is and what their floor is. Next week, we will be back and we will talk the final divisional foe in the NFC South for the Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints. New head coach after Sean Payton hangs it up. Is Jameis Winston going to be the starting quarterback 
the entire season. Is he stay going to stay he- Is he going to stay healthy? Yes, my favorite topic we'll be talking about Hater. next week in Jameis Winston. Are they a playoff contender? They were the first team out in the NFC last year. All of that is coming next week. But remember, check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Follow Lynn on Twitter at Elmar810. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And we'll be back next week to preview the New Orleans Saints. Until then, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.